2017. Three men joined together in a pact to see what they could collectively do to advance civilization, further the cause of world peace, and elevate mankind. These three men were internationally renowned musician and Linkin Park multi-instrumentalist Dave Phoenix Farrell, multiple PGA Tour champion and world-class golfer Brendan Steele, and Mark. They named themselves the members. Those who they chose to sit with and ponder the mysteries of the universe, they named the guests. What you're about to listen to is one of those historic conversations. Welcome to the Member Guest Podcast. Welcome to Member Guest. Welcome. Welcome back. It's the uh, members only once again. We're in Los Angeles. We're at the Casa de Fiori. Thank you for welcoming to my house. (laughs) Welcome into Mark's house. Technically, we're in the office space where I will be staying this evening, so I can welcome you into my house. But it's just for for the night. It was nice. I like how you did that there. I wanted to ask you, Mark... And this just popped into my head. I'm going to be firing on all cylinders right now because I'm very jet lagged. My brain is frazzled. So you get a glimpse of unedited Dave brain tonight. And I immediately wanted to ask you, as we even just said, that I'm staying in your, what is it, an Airbnb? The cabana. The cabana. I made a joke <laughs> earlier. Market said, yeah, there's somebody else coming in you know, tomorrow evening, but the space is open for you to stay if you want to tonight. I said, great, I'll take it. And Mark was, made the joke of like, yeah, but you can't do anything crazy because I'm going to have to like clean it up for the next person. My joke was like, I'll try not to you know, paint any shit art on your walls just to make it an easier cleanup. But it made me think, what, have you had anything crazy? Like being an Airbnb host? A super you, host. A super host. I'm a super host. Um, I have had uh, probably... Well over a hundred positive experiences and only one bad bad experience. That's well, you know what we, we want to hear about. about. <laughs> <laughs> when they left, when they checked out, is this was, is this before you say? It, is I this going to bum me out and make me no. not <laughs> There was blood all over the sheets, is and that there serious was sh- or not? <laughs> there was there was blood on the sheets, all over the sheets, and there was shit stains all over the towels. <laughs> So did you just burn everything? Well, the lady Burned said it. that the blood was because there was mosquitoes, apparently. I made that my... <laughs> and the shit? What'd you say about the shit? <laughs> we just made that set our B set, and we only used that for special guests. And so Dave, That's the Dave set. Dave, that's he, why you get a special deal tonight. LA is known for some giant mosquitoes. Very buggy area. Yeah. Mosquitoes that have gastrointestinal issues. Yeah. <laughs> Just do not wipe your face with the towels. You've already heard both their voices, but I did want to introduce you guys a little bit. You've heard the man whose mind is a steel trap. He's been known as steel kisses. And in some circles, he's even known as Brandon. It's Brendan, a.k.a. Brandon Steele. Have you met my fen- friend? Have you <laughs> met my friend Brandon? He's such a good friend of mine, Brandon. I know him so well, Brandon. That's the joke, but I've actually, I've heard that from people on a few different occasions. And there are people who do know me, who've spent like time around me, but they still don't quite have it covered. Well, there's there's a lot. There's Brendon. Do you ever get Brendons? Yeah, usually more in the way people want to spell it, not necessarily how they say it. Mm-hmm. I say it B-R-E-N-D-E-N, really. I say Brendan. It spells like... There's Brendan, Brandan, and Brendan. It's Brendan. Brendan. I call uh, you Brendan. Yeah. Brendan, Brandon, Steele. Brendan, Brandon. <laughs> Brendan. BB. Brendan, Brandon. Brendan, Brendan, Brandon, Steele. Mark, you got a lot of work to do so far. Bren, Brendan, <laughs> Brandon, Brun, can that be my middle name? Oh, All right, jet, Brendan, Brandon, jet lag, Dave. Secondly, JLD. He's the twister of knobs, the collector of jobs, a despiser of slobs, but paradoxically a lover of fobs. Mark Fiore. <laughs> that was nice. It's all true too. Fobs. Yeah. 
key fobs? You, your key fobs. You like little things like fobs and stuff. Yeah, it's I kind would, of right up your alley. You've been trying to get us. Guy. You've been trying to get us to make some sort of a member guest fob, although it turned out to be a ball marker, which is a kind of a fob of sorts. And we now have them. We do. we do. We just met up with Michael Williams, our season two guest. He's got a cool little uh, pop-up golf shop, ACL Golf, over at the platform in Culver City. And Steely and I just went over there and hung out with him for a little bit, checked out the shop, and we left some member guest ball markers there for our fans to go find. And Michael came and hung out with you guys there, right? Yeah. And it's awesome. Everybody should go check it out. And while you're there, ask them about the member guest ball markers. And that's our gift to you if you go and ask around and find them. But there's only 10 of them. Get excited, yeah. people. It'll be interesting to see how long 10 lasts, whether it's a year <laughs> it last a while. <laughs> Ten years <laughs> a day. Uh, lastly, I did acquire some more titles recently. I did give it to myself, although I started with the Lion Lord, and then I changed it to the Lord of Lions. So Lord of Lions, the Mistophilus of Rhinoceros, the Hypotenuse <laughs> of the Hippopotamus. <laughs> Those don't make as much sense as Mark's. And the last two are completely made up today. So that is the three of us here today. And Shark Cage Feral. Shark Cage. <laughs> yeah. So I just got back yeah. from South Africa. We were there for two weeks. This morning I woke up at three in the morning, which was nice because it was a huge improvement over two nights ago. My first night back, I woke up at 10 at night after going to bed at 7.45 at night. Just praying that it was a reasonable hour. Yeah. I, I woke up, go to actually look at my phone, turn it over to see what time it is. And I'm thinking, just be four o'clock. At least just be four in the morning. I can mess around, kill another hour, and then it'll be five. And five will be a reasonable time to get up. It'll be early, but whatever. I can Five's work with eight that. on the East Coast. So yeah, I can, work, I can work with that. Yeah. Five a.m., yeah, on a Sunday, not an issue. Turn over my phone. It's 10 o'clock at night. I'm like, oh, okay, we got a problem here. <laughs> we, got a big, we got a big problem. Now I can like just lay in bed and try and figure out what to do for the next six hours. <laughs> and then it's four o'clock, or I don't know what I'm doing. But all that just to say, we were in South Africa, had an awesome trip. This um, is a family vacation. This clarify. is the family. So we, I've got my wife, Lindsay. I've got our three daughters with me. And then we've got Lindsay's dad and mom. So the grandparents. Lindsay's the master of the calendar for sure. I'm just like the yes man. I'm the hype man when it comes to making the plans. <laughs> Did a ton of stuff in Cape Town. My friend, Brian McFadden, plays at the Dunhill. Awesome musician. We got to see him, who was just coincidentally performing down there. Um, got to see a ton of awesome animals on safari, got to see a shark in shark cages and punch him in the nose, tell him what's up. Did Came you see what's the top five? About it. What's the big five? Is it the big five or the top five? The big it's five. It's the big five. But the reason why it's confusing is because they're not, there's also like the secret seven and then there's like the deadliest five and then there's, so the big five traditionally, I think is, Wait, can we ask Brendan if he knows it? The big five, big five. Let's go. Lion. Elephant. Two. Tiger. <laughs> oh, that's not right. No. <laughs> uh, rhino. Rhino. Hip hop. Is it a hippo? Hippopotamus. Hippopotamus. Okay. Giraffe? Zebra. That's not a big five. That's a pretty big animal. It's, it's confusing. Not necessarily. Do you surrender? I do surrender. It's the buffalo. Really? And it's the big five because it was the five most dangerous animals to hunt in Africa. In the hunting days, when you go on safari to go down to get you know your trophies, those were the five that would be the most life-threatening to get out there and try and hunt. Tigers apparently. in the jungle? Tigers are like, yeah. Tigers are over in India. Asia zone. Asia, yeah. India zone. The Bengal tiger. Darn. What's the secret oh, seven? I knew you were going to ask me that. Yeah. As soon as I said secret yeah. seven, I knew. <laughs> it was a big mistake. Oh. Secret seven are the ones, the seven that are like the hardest to find or like the f hardest to come across when you're out there. So it's not necessarily tiger. <laughs> tiger. <laughs> it's like grizzly bear, <laughs> tiger, polar bear, <laughs> Tyrannosaurus Rex, <laughs> great white shark, great white. You could find those there. Not, not in the book. I just, not did, in a, the I just did a quick Google search. This looks potentially very difficult. The Secret Seven. Do you know them? No, that's what I was saying. It's, yeah, it's like a, one of them's like a aardvark. Yeah, pangolin. You, just pangolin. Made, you made that up. A civet. Civet. 
Do you know what a civet is? Nope. Dude, a civet's like a, a god gone silly with his toolbox. Yeah. It's like a <laughs> really. It's like, it's like a, a squirrel and a leopard and a skunk and a zebra. <laughs> so they, the water buffalo is kind of oh, similar. Porcupine. Where they say it's like a body of a something and a foot of a something else and a head of a something else and a tail of a something else and like a, a bird, a brain of a bird. <laughs> brain of a bird, tail of a boar. <laughs> so Safari Dave, you've got your whole family there. So how, how long are you on these little Jeeps cruising around and how does it work? It's hard to describe and it was even hard knowing what was all that was going to happen beforehand. It was hard to kind of imagine it without going. But every day, like 5.30, you do kind of a really light, simple, easy breakfast, and then you're out and driving in like this, these open-air Land Rovers. Three rows of three, so you can fit nine people plus a passenger and a driver. And then on the front, like there's a seat built on the front kind of engine block for your tracker. And you drive around for, from 6 to 9 in the morning, go spot what you can find, what you can see, come back, hang out at the lodge and stuff for the afternoon. It's kind of yours to do what you want. And then... Um, around four or four thirty, you go out and do the same thing again for like the evening. You get to see some animals by the time you could get back at like seven, you get to see some animals at night, which is pretty, pretty intense. I never thought of, but seeing like an elephant in the wild at night when it's dark and they're just like eating and smashing trees and doing crazy elephant stuff and you're just <laughs> parked out there in the dark. <laughs> what if you run what out of gas? Hell? What the hell are we doing? With all the things that were going on, I was definitely never worried about running out of gas. I was more worried about <laughs> lions and rhinoceros attacking the car. And fun fact, at one point, our driver or our uh, guide, Shawnee, and she told us there's one particular rhinoceros that she recognized because of a marking on its ear. And she's like, this this one we got to stay away from a little bit. He's very territorial. And he's He's been known to charge some cars. You know, some of the safari vehicles when I thought you they see this say particular one. He's been known to just... Pee all over you. <laughs> I think that'd be kind of a do rhinos that, pee? That's like least a dog of your thing, worries. Right? That'd be territorial. Yeah, territorial. He's coming pee he all comes over your family. Tra- he's got these huge monster horns on his nose, and he comes and charges at you. And at the end of it, he just turns around and pees on you. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I could impale you, but I'll just pee on you instead. Very territorial. Thank guy. you, Mister Rhino, for sparing me your horn and just peeing on me. At that point, we're kind of in a weird spot in the road where we. If we needed to go quickly, we like the road was too mangled and messed up to even do that. So I'm just thinking, like, all right, if this guy charges the car, we're we're kind of in a bad spot to drive quickly. And she had just told us that they can run 30 kilometers an hour, so 20 miles it, an hour, yeah, yeah roughly. 18. So fast, fast for a safari kind of vehicle to get going on a dirt road. I'm thinking in my head that could get interesting. Um, and at the same time, I, I go to Lindsay, I'm like, let's not do it now, but tonight remind me and let's look up rhino attacking car videos on, on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> so sure enough, we did. And, uh, if you go look it up, the, one of the craziest ones, it's very bizarre that it's from, it's in Mexico, but there's like this video footage of maybe it's like a drive through zoo or something. Yeah. Like we used to have one of those in orange County, that lion country safari. Yeah. Thankfully we didn't get attacked by a rhino. So that, that was a bonus. Now, as it gets dark, were you ever concerned that something was maybe like sneaking up on you while you were watching this elephant do elephant things and like, you know, well, what's over there? It took me a little bit, especially when you get around a new animal and you're just like, well, how, how's this guy going to react with us being here? Then you realize like the animals are used to the vehicles and they don't, they see the vehicle, even with all the people as just one thing. It, that's just like in another animal that's out there with them. And you learn pretty quickly as you watch the animals interacting with each other, like, oh, the hippo doesn't give a shit if that bird lands on its mouth. It doesn't get mad. It doesn't bite it. Like, right? And you watch and you're like, that lion is totally cool with whatever that other thing is just cruising around it. And the zebras and the giraffes totally hang out. Like, they chill. They're, they're not mad at each other. Everybody views the, like, the truck thing as just a big animal that they don't really give a crap about. It's just... It's not a predator and it's not prey. So no like they all don't care. But the second like you're out of the vehicle, then it's game on cuz suddenly you're a person and like predators know kind of what people are and they know that they can like take you out. So as long as you're in the truck, stay in the truck. Your hat didn't fly off and you're like jumped out to go run and grab it. <laughs> Lindsay's sunglasses flew out at one point and we had, we like the tracker got out first to go look for him and then our 
driver or guide got out and then like me and Chris just to kind of go look for the sunglasses and it was super dicey <laughs> back of my and we've got like Lindsay and like my three kids and then grandma all still in the vehicle and I think Lindsay is kind of saying oh they're they're over there somewhere Dave like you're in the wrong spot and like grandma's like what are you guys doing get back in the car and the kids are just like dad look out for stuff like everyone's like got all this different information and then like i'm walking around kind of in the bush in the area where we're at it's maybe only knee high so you don't it's like, like darts flying across your face it, yeah, <laughs> we totally found the sunglasses and it was the tracker who found it's, them it's like straight out of a movie though where like it's the, the tracker gets hit you know, like like a lion comes scorching through, and then you're like, ah! Oh my god! And you start running back, and then something well, attacks you. The trackers are literally sitting. They look like bait. If the car was a fish hook, the tracker would be like the worm on the hook because no. they're literally they're sitting. The seat that they're sitting in is elevated so they can see better. So it's higher up than the like the, the level at the driver's sitting, and they're like almost sitting off of the front left side because it's a right hand drive the front left side of the truck and like their feet are just dangling by the front like engine block compartment they literally like when i was first getting in the car and seeing that he and they're covered in barbecue sauce (laughs) (laughs) they have like catnip all over them and then you like go through driving the line in there yeah but it's nuts. It's just crazy. The first time we got kind of off road and we're going through like literally a herd of a thousand buffalo. I'd just been told like buffalo straight up kill probably the second most number of people as far as wild animals go next to or just behind hippopotamus every year. Like these guys straight up, if they see people, they get territorial, they'll charge you, they'll butt you, they'll trample you, they don't pee like it. Then they'll pee on you. <laughs> no, wait, that's the rhinoceros. What the, what the fuck do they have that big horn for? If he's just going to run up and pee on me, it doesn't make any sense. It's full of urine. <laughs> That's right. It's the urine horn. It's like a camel, but he's storing urine in his horn so he can pee on you more. Oh. Mark the mark the crap out of you. But this guy, he's sitting in the front of the car, and he's literally he looks like a human worm just waiting to like lure something in, and they're going to just run through. Like I'm picturing Jurassic Park, where the Velociraptor just flies through like at 60 miles an hour and snatches this guy off the front of the car. And I've got, meanwhile, like my seven-year-old just like crying and, oh my God, they ate Dolan. Like, (laughs) what just happened? (laughs) But they're they're just chilling up there, sitting in the front, looking for like tracks and whatever. When we first pulled into these Buffalo, Buffalo zone, I was was like, oh, for sure he's going to like get in the car or whatever, get out of that area. No, they're just chilling. Just dangling legs, like the, and the animals don't. They're kind of like, oh, what are they like when we're going through the bush with the car? They're like, oh gosh, like fine, I'll get out of the way. Like, this, <laughs> like, screw you, you big lumbering slow thing. Like fine, I'll move. Later that first day, we came across a pride of lions, and it was the same thing. Where now, now it's like, okay, this is our first experience with lions. I'm like, is that dude gonna seriously stay at the end of the like, literally just sitting on the hood of a car as you drive and park next to lions? <laughs> Like, does that make any sense? Is that a thing here? That, that's what we're doing? Like, we're, should he get the rifle? Like, we've got a rifle in the car. Do we need to give it to him at this point in case one of them's just like, oh, there's an easy meal. Like, I could just grab his leg. I don't even remember the question, but I got way into the tracker on the front of the car. <laughs> and it is intense. It was a lot of fun. Transitioning into another trip that we all took in one way or another. <laughs> that's true. How about the base caddy golf tech week in Vegas? Yes, quite a week. It was a shorter week than we had anticipated, mostly because I played bad golf. Although it's always nice to blame your caddy. You got to have somebody to blame. Why Why don't you step back a little bit? So maybe a month or two ago, you were thinking about this tournament. It wasn't wasn't on your list of tournaments to play, but you started thinking about it. Yeah, so it's an event that I've always liked to play, but uh, I'd been in Asia for a couple of weeks before that, and my caddy lives in London. Told him just to go home from the Asia trip, and if I decide to play, don't worry about coming back. I'll meet you in Australia in a couple of weeks, because I've been all over the place too. So I told Christian just to stay home if I wanted to play Vegas, and that I'd have one of my buddies caddy. Originally, I asked Dave, like, would you be around? Would you be able to do it? Like, it's over Halloween, so, you know, whatever. And then he was like, 
Oh, hell yeah. I'm in for that. He's been like <laughs> licking his chops. He's been waiting for for his chance, right? He's like, I, I'm big chance. Big chance. Big chance. <laughs> big you're PG- on the tour. You always want to be on the PGA tour. This is right. the PGA tour. It's not the little rock and roll gig That's anymore. Right. You know, this sh- is the big, big show. This is the big show. Bring your A game. Just so happened that Mike was playing a show on Tuesday in Vegas. Shinoda. Shinoda. And so it all kind of coincided that I could caddy for Dave and he could golf tech for me the same week. So it was put your friends to work week. And uh, we went out and Dave played the last, I think, seven songs with Mike, which was really cool. Crowd went crazy. They're all excited to see him. I didn't do much bass caddying, but I was I was there. Mm-hmm. I was standing on the side. In fact, even one of our listeners pointed that out. I thought I saw Brendan Steele side stage over there. <laughs> <laughs> Were you nervous? Was I nervous? Yeah. During Dave's performance? Yeah. No. I was I what, was quite happy. What if Dave pulled you out there and get, put a bass in your hand? Then He's been everybody would everybody would have a lot of problems. Yeah. He handed me a bass the first time I met him in New York. He came off for a, a change when I was <laughs> I was standing in a weird spot, like in front of the speakers, off way off to the side. He came over and handed me the bass, and I thought I was going to ruin the show. <laughs> I was going to drop it. And you you kind of did ruin the show, and then I saved it. Yeah, that that sounds right. <laughs> Going into that week, Dave, did you do more preparation on on the golf caddy or more preparation on learning the songs? It's <sighs> a tough question. I actually, I, I did a lot of prep on the Mike songs. I was playing six songs I didn't, I've never played before. I yeah. knew them just from his album, but I didn't, I didn't ever play them once. So I kind of did a lot of, a lot of prep going into that show. The funny thing too about that, which Lindsay pointed out to me, it was, so that was the first night I played with Mike. And then I played uh, in Anaheim like three days later, four days later, whatever, something like that. And then I played with him in San Francisco. But Lindsay had pointed out after coming to the Anaheim show, she had come to that and we're driving home. So we're literally leaving the venue, driving in the car. And she says like, you know, that guest bassist is not really a thing, right? (laughs) (laughs) Almost like her point, I think was one to kind of make fun of me, (laughs) but two to also point out like how cool the Lincoln park fan base is just in general, that then my thing was a guest vocalist, that makes sense. A guest guitarist at something, eh, maybe. If they come and they play like a ripping solo or they do something. Yeah, if it's Slash, maybe, yeah. or something. Just like If you just, if it were a normal thing, a normal show that you were to go see and somebody at some point was like, hey, I'm going to pull up a guest bassist, you'd just be like, wait, what? Really? Like, okay. There's a bassist. Time for me to go park. get a beer. <laughs> What's? I can't even hear what that guy's doing. Like, I don't. I don't even hear bass. <clears throat> so, with that, it would have been even funnier to, for the guest bassist to pull up another guest bassist. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I got to take a break, but uh, my friend Brendan's going to take if, over here. <laughs> if it were to happen again, for sure, just for that reason, I will make sure to pull you up, and yeah, I would I'll even introduce you as the guest bassist, guest bassist. <laughs> He'd be guest basis twice removed, and we'd see how many people would be into that. See if that could be a thing. I mean, to that point, though, it is it is pretty awesome, like the the Lincoln Park fan base and the community. Because when you went out there, they were really excited to see you. Yeah, and that's, that's they got awesome. their money's worth. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Faux show. So then you woke up the next morning early. I'm assuming. Yeah, we had an early pro am the next day. You yeah. did a full practice round. Yeah, we had we had Proam, so we had to go out and play with with the sponsors of the event, and we we teed off at eight o'clock or something. So it was like we got back to the room at midnight, and we're up at six, and we're like getting Starbucks and trying to get moving, turning over into my job. And so it was uh, Dave was working a lot in that twelve hours. I mean, he was he was grinding on songs, he's carrying heavy stuff around, having to deal with all my prima donna tendencies. Complaining I, about everything. <laughs> I was going to work. I was going to work. <laughs> I we probably figured out, at least in the scope of that three four day period or whatever it was, that as far as the two gigs go, bass caddy might be a little bit softer, or at least how Brendan was doing it, than <laughs> golf caddy. Yeah, my, my night was pretty cushy. I mean, I I went with you for sound check, had dinner with you guys. 
I had a couple old fashions. I stood on the side of the stage, watched the show, and then we went home. <laughs> had some drinks in the show, yeah. and then yeah, just like had a few drinks and hung out. I think and you handed me a bass at one point, right? Or no, did we just fake that for a picture? That was a post <laughs> post show fake bass handoff. fake. Bass Get the fake. shot. Yeah, out of here. Then caddying is a pain in the ass. No, I knew it was going to be challenging. I knew that the caddies put in a lot of hard work so just being on your feet that much walking for that amount of time logging in that kind of miles or whatever it just makes like your body ache but holy crap man that bag does get heavy <laughs> as silly as that sounds we did the it doesn't the, sound silly at all the bag is massive oh it's huge it's huge huge we did the wednesday program round and i'm like okay like this bag's it's fine like there's we don't have rain gear in it like we don't yeah, have a ton umbrella of stuff. the umbrella is the worst yeah umbrella it's, is it's, killer Come Thursday afternoon round, I went out there, and on the second hole, I just had these weird kind of like hip things going on. <laughs> and in the back of my head, I'm like, uh-oh. Yeah, I was like, uh-oh. Let's, let's see if we can get through this. This is kind of weird. Your body was like, the first day, it's fine. Yeah. Do it two days in a row, I'm not too happy. Do and, it any more than that, and I'm and really brain, pissed off. At that point, like, you're two holes in, you know you've got 16 holes left, and then you're like, P.S. This we might be doing this for the next four days from here. Yeah, but hopefully that. Yeah, that's the goal. And I really, I really wanted to. <laughs> There's no way, Brendan, that I intentionally sabotaged us to not make the four full four days just because I couldn't walk anymore. And <laughs> no, but it it was. I loved it. I thought it was a ton of fun. Uh, and the bag that I carried, we're gonna do it at the end. Quick preview of that. We're going to do a, a little giveaway, a little bag giveaway. Member guest community might be able to get their hands on a little piece of history, a little piece of her story. So you too can carry a heavy bag around your house and have bad hips. The, the funny thing is, they'll like whoever wins it, they're going to get it and they're going to go, like, This isn't as heavy as he was acting like it was. Well, it's not going to have anything in it. So. If you throw in an extra 30 pounds of crap, they probably get it and they'll just be like, okay, if you were to get that bag and you didn't play golf, right? And you get this big, massive staff bag delivered to you in Russia, because P.S., I hope somebody super far away wins it and we just send it super far away, because I think that's something about me thinks that's hilarious. So we've, we spent $800 to ship this thing to, to Russia somewhere, hopefully like very cold and not like Moscow, but like way off the beaten path, like somewhere Siberia. Where if you're in Moscow, you're, you're even thinking like, how are we going to ship this bag to that place? Yeah. Like we can't get it there. Yeah, from we can't, here. That's nuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we ship it to there and they get this massive red Wilson staff bag and they're just like, what the hell is this bag so big for? What is like, what are we doing? Why is this thing massive and made out of like leather? Isn't it? Like 2018, can't we figure out? It's got to be a better way. There is a better way, but that's it's just the see. If I was a caddy, this would change because you'd it's revolt. Just, absolutely, no. I'd I'd lead the revolution of a golf bag of some sort. So you'd we, revolt. We'd get it? <laughs> no, I wouldn't revolt. I'd lead the revolution. <laughs> It'd be bigger than a revolt, Brendan. <laughs> If, so, if players had to carry the bags, the bags would be a lot well, more. And they'd have evolved. There's a reason that the, the club company doesn't have to carry it. Those guys aren't carrying it. Right. I'm not carrying it. So they're like, oh, you want this job? This is part of the deal. you got to carry this giant bag around. It's like, oh, it's because it's, it's for advertising or whatever. I'm like, no, you don't need it to be leather and 40 pounds for it to have a big surface to put your logo on it. Like if that's the case, put in a. Why don't you put a logo in there that's like a TV screen, and like you'd have the only bag that's glowing and like lit up. But P.S. My TV is weighs less than the <laughs> fucking golf bag because <laughs> it's like it's not made out of leather. I was gonna say plutonium, but it's not oh. like leather lead, whatever that stuff is. <laughs> so. Okay, as you're caddying, one of the takeaways is that there's always stuff to do, right? Like, you think that there's going to be time to, like, 
gather your thoughts maybe or whatever, but it's always like, we got to get out of this guy's way. We got to go over here. We got to figure out where the pin is. We got to get the yardage. We got to figure out where the wind is. You got to talk Brendan down off this ledge because he's really <laughs> upset right now. <laughs> didn't, at one point, didn't the other caddies ask you if you're a real caddy? Well, they knew I wasn't a real caddy. <laughs> what they say? Like, For sure. I, but I told them like really early on, I'm like, hey, one, they know I'm not Brendan's regular caddy. Right. But I told them early on, like, hey, I don't really know what I'm doing. So if I'm doing anything dumb, don't feel bad about telling me. <laughs> Just like help me out if you can. I'd, that I'd appreciate it. And they're like, yeah, cool, whatever. You're doing fine. It wasn't until probably the back nine of our second day. So we'd been together for almost two full days where one of them at least felt comfortable enough to start giving me shit, which is, act, which is actually great. And one of them finally goes to me, which was I felt simultaneously really bad about and at the same time found a ton of humor in it because it was 100% true. <laughs> if your guy is going to be the furthest out, so the first to putt, like as the caddy, it's, it's your job to get the flag as you approach the green. We're on like hole 30 or something of our 36 for the first two rounds that we're going to play. I don't think I'd ever gotten a flag. <laughs> I was so frazzled just trying to make sure I was doing everything, like get the bag where it's supposed to be, don't knock it over when somebody's putting, like clean the ball, blah, 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 just all these different things that I never like finally got to the place where I was going to pull the flag. At that point, he finally was like, hey, Dave, this is your flag to get if you're ever going to get one. I think he said you're not a real caddy until you actually get a flag. (laughs) He said that after. That was the tag on. The first is the dig of like, are you ever going to pull a flag like you idiot? Like, you're not a real caddy until you get. How did he do, Steely? Pretty good? He did awesome. I mean, Dave is wildly into not only golf, but my golf game specifically. He spends a lot of time. Maybe too much. Thinking about it. Which I find endearing, so it's it's very nice. But um, it, he was on top of it. He was super serious about it and going through all the steps to try to make me play my best, talk me off the ledge, pump me up, get me thinking the right way. But you know what makes a good caddy, right? No. Good player. <laughs> <laughs> that's what all. That's the, what I say. That's what all the, the good caddies, the like famous caddies, if they're not super egotistical which some of them are some of them think whoever they caddy for is going to play amazing which is incorrect yeah but most of the guys that are really good caddies they'll say like i've been lucky to have a lot of really good players and once you had one or two like you kind of keep getting good players and then you get this reputation as like being an amazing caddy but um dave was awesome dave did a way better job and worked way harder than i did at the show that's for sure (laughs) Although I thought, you know, I was a pretty entertaining dinner guest. I mean, that should count as something when we're trying to kill time. Yep. Which we also, that <laughs> that was good too, because we we walked from Mandalay Bay, where the show was, trying mm-hmm. to get out to go to dinner, but not have it next to the show, just to get away from the fans and stuff, and just so we could have... Little space. Little space. And we walk out by the tour buses, go across the street, go into Luxor, go up into Mandalay Place, and then we're like, oh, we should just, we'll keep walking down this way, and then we'll get to this restaurant. And we get there, and we sit down, <laughs> we look up, and we are directly across from the venue. <laughs> Where you started? <laughs> Where we started. But somehow we went across the street and like came over a sky bridge and did whatever. <laughs> and then Mike comes to join us, and we're like, we walked for 20 minutes to get here, <laughs> yeah. and we are... 50 feet away from the back door to get back yeah. into the dressing room. <laughs> you, that's what wore Dave out. Our walk to dinner was maybe, was maybe 20, it's maybe 20 minutes, <laughs> that's really, that's really 20 minute walk to dinner. Our walk back to backstage was easily under a minute and a half. Um, don't forget that I did make an appearance in Vegas. Mm. I knew I couldn't come out to Vegas until Friday. I had other things going on. Um, Mark wanted us to be able to move our tea time, but the PGA Tour <laughs> didn't seem to be okay with that. So, so put, I put in the request. So uh, you have a, a 7.48 tea time in Las Vegas. I left my house in Los Angeles at about 3.30 in the morning. Um, 
made it out there just in time, caught you guys on like the second hole, second or third hole, and you you were just you just caught fire there for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I had the Mark Mojo going. Yeah, we right had some you Mojo. You got, you Bus got, driver flying. Yeah. All sorts of stuff was happening. You started making some birdies, but Dave was already, he, you were just borderline overheating. In fact, at one point, we, we caught you sitting down. <laughs> <laughs> and Brendan, Brendan kind of looks over at me and points over to you sitting down on the ground with the candy bag. And apparently, you don't even remember doing it. But we have a photo. Maybe we can post it at some point. But, um, yeah, so I got, I, I left my house at three 30 in the morning. I drove a little over four hours, got to Vegas, caught about 16 holes of you playing golf. We grabbed a sub and, and drove you, uh, <laughs> so we grabbed a sandwich, a subway sandwich, we caravan back a quick coffee and we, uh, we hit the road and I drove home and I, I made it back to Los Angeles on a Friday night, right around 6 PM. That for all that, I, I definitely give you a good grade. Yeah. You get it was a, worth you it. get an A plus it for, was worth it. for that effort. I don't know why everybody loves the sitting down thing so much. <laughs> it's like nobody's ever sat down at a PGA <laughs> tournament before. Guys, I'm not allowed to take a break for 30 oh, seconds. Like, I would have sat down. I was exhausted. At one point, we finally got to a par three where there was a wait. I was just, I told Brandon, I was like, "Thank God." Like, <laughs> There's nothing I'm more excited about than just to like turn off my brain for a second and stop having stop having to like do crap nonstop. <laughs> At that point, we only had two holes left too, so it was like, <laughs> God, I wish this could have happened earlier. I needed a couple of these. Speaking of Vegas, we're gonna wrap it up after this. The match, we've got to give some kind of feedback or input or insight on what we think about the match because you know we we kind of. We're pretty heavy into the golf coverage these days, and people come to us to want to, you know, they want to know, they want to know, they want to be in the know. What's going on? We're going to tell on. you who won the match. You're going to hear it right hear here. Hear it here. Breaking news. Right here first. No one knows what is the match. You may ask. A lot of people don't have any clue what we're talking about. That's why we're here to bring you up to speed. It was played in Vegas the day after Thanksgiving. Phil Mickelson versus Tiger Woods. Nine million dollar purse winner takes all. Eighteen hole match with some side bets going on. Brendan, you watched it. I did. I was in the middle of traveling home from South Africa, so I did the opposite of watching it, which would be not watching it. But if it it wasn't just enough to not watch it, I also not watched it while I was traveling for 39 hours straight. That's really not watching it. That's really, really not watching it. And wishing I was doing anything other than... (laughs) Wishing you were watching it. Wishing I was doing... I, w- I was wishing I was watching it with needles in my eyeballs. <laughs> that would be <laughs> better. Than, anything. That'd be better. Yeah, I watched it. It was fun. It was entertaining. It dragged a little bit at times because they were walking, and there's only two guys on the course, so there was a lot of downtime for them to fill. They had, I don't know, six, seven different announcers, but they didn't really use them properly. So, like, they had like Pat Perez, who's a buddy of mine that. Um, is like really funny and has tons of stories and tons of insight and everything. And they didn't use him that much. Like I was like, Oh, Pat Perez on here. This is going to be incredible. And then like they asked him like three times, like, Oh, so Pat, what do you think about this? And he's like, Oh, well, I don't know. He's not in a good spot here. He's going to make a bogey, you know, like whatever it was. (laughs) And then I think at one point they had Charles Barkley's on there and he goes, I could beat both of these guys right now. They're playing so bad. So then Justin Verlander, the pitcher for the um, Astros, he tweets in and he goes, Charles, I bet you couldn't make better than double on the first hole. And then so Charles is on the telecast and Charles is going, I could do that right now. How about a hundred grand on it? And so Justin's like, yeah, done. Like, let's do it. A hundred grand. You don't make double or better on I'm like, this is amazing. How fun is this going to be? Like. They're going to go out there with Charles and he's going to have to try to make double on the first hole for a hundred grand. Like that's going to be awesome. And then just like nothing came of it. Oh yeah. <laughs> so right. I was just like, what, what is going on here? This had potential to be really, really fun. And that could have filled some of the gap, you know, while they were waiting for the guys to hit shots and stuff. But from a golfer's perspective, I mean, someone whose livelihood depends on it and depends on Tiger and Phil largely. I thought it was really cool and I thought it was fun and I thought it was a great idea for them to be doing this. Um, and it makes sense from a business perspective. Like it's basically a, we don't really need anybody else because we're the two biggest draws that there's ever been. So we're going to go do our own thing and 
you know, we can, we can make it work. I mean, the sponsors are like AT&T and like, you know, it's the whole thing was really, really well put together. I think if they do another one, they're going to have to make some adjustments. They also had some, some trouble with the pay-per-view thing too, because one point they started free streaming it on Mm -hmm. Bleacher Report and now they're refunding everybody's pay-per-view money. (laughs) So in terms of the, the, the fans that were there, the crowd, how did those people get there? Was it all invite or people yeah, paid tickets? Yeah, it was, no, it was invite only. It's all high rollers at MGM. Um, it was sponsors would have had tickets. So like AT&T probably, if they were a major sponsor, they might have got 50 tickets or something. Right. I don't know exactly how it worked, but it was just going to be invite only. Did that add to the atmosphere or did it take away from it? Like, do you, it almost feel like it would have been better if there was kind of more like traditional, like diehard fans. Like, I mean, yeah, it could be better that way. But I mean, if you, you got to think if you're Tiger and Phil and you're setting it up for what's best for you, it's not best for you to have a lot of fans there. It's not best for you to have diehard fans there. It's best for you just to have people that are like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I got invited to this thing. Right. I'll go. And, and like there's only going to be a couple hundred of them rather than. You know, here's 20,000 fans trying to follow this match and it right. can get out of control kind of thing. So they were just doing everything to make it as easy on them as possible. And um, when you can dictate the terms and everything, it makes sense to do it that way. I thought like in the buildup, they could have differentiated it. Um, yes, they're doing it as a pay-per-view. Yes, the traditional route for pay-per-view is like boxing. And then coming off that, it's been, you know, the UFC. So I really felt like they could have moved the marketing outside of that. It almost was too easy to go boxing promoting style on the event leading up to it of like, yeah, let's have them do like a stare down. Like, oh, let's have them do a photo with like all the money that they're going to win and make it look like Floyd Mayweather or Conor McGregor. Like, let's do all that like cheesy fight promotion just because it's like a pay-per-view match and do that. I think like in the future moving forward, if you're gonna, if they're doing something that's different than your traditional golf tournament, I think that's really cool. Promote it in a way that's like different. Don't co-opt this other weird culture that nobody's really excited about in the first place. Use that as an opportunity to really brand it and promote it as something that's like unique, fun, whether it's gambling oriented or a little more like youthfully oriented, whatever that is like, push that side of the promotion. I think they could, I think they missed on that. I think they could have done some really dope stuff. Maybe that's just me. Well, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of things that they can adjust moving forward if they want to do something else because they want it to be where people who aren't necessarily interested in golf will still pay attention to it just because it's, it's tiger, right? So tiger moves the needle, Phil moves the needle, tiger moves it more than anybody ever has in the game. But I think they could do it where, then they throw in some almost like a celebrity match or something too for and they can do it for big money or they can do it for charity or they can do whatever and it'd be kind of funny right and they kind of go when there's downtime they cut back to Charles you know Charles Barkley's playing Verlander or whatever and they're mm. talking shit to each other and they're all mic'd up and I think that could be pretty cool I think you've got the actual event itself but then you act, then separately you've got the promotion I think both of them are awesome opportunities to do fun stuff mm-hmm promotion side rather than see them like holding the money and pretending that it's a boxing match just because it's the match and it's on pay-per-view i want to see the match of them doing matches that are completely like different things like have them play ping pong against each other like have them shoot free throws just have them play foot golf like have them do a whole series of like kind of different funny other matches that are promotion for the actual match yeah that's a good idea. And, and keep tally on like almost like who wins each one or whatever. Like just build it in different ways. And then at the event itself, it would be fun to incorporate like professional soccer players, but have them play foot golf against each other in conjunction with them playing a match. So when they are walking or whatever, you've got something else to kind of like go to. Mm-hmm. Just more exhibition style stuff that you'd never see, but might be fun have Gretzky hit a, some tee shots or have a long drive contest with hockey guys, but using hockey sticks, hitting golf balls. Like, I don't know. Like, that would be kind of funny and fun to see and just have them talk shit and just different ways that like different things are celebrating golf. I'll take, I'll take control of it and do it next year. It'll be, it'll be way better. <laughs> Dave Farrell presents the match. So speaking of competition, we have our own competition going on. We alluded it to, we alluded to it earlier but it is the member guest golf bag giveaway. 
we've talked about it. It's a once in a lifetime historical piece of memorabilia. It is the first golf bag, maybe, that ever had a member guest logo on it. We have to fact check that. We're still working on that fact checking, but it's also the one I carried in in competition with Brendan in Las Vegas. I loved it so much. I immediately said, we need to give this stupid thing away. (laughs) Brendan agreed. We have a member guest. It's a brilliant red member guest, Wilson staff golf bag. And for the holiday season, we thought what better way than to give it to an awesome listener of the member guest podcast. If you're a golfer, you can put your golf clubs in it and use it like store golf clubs, like a traditional golf bag. Um, if you're not a golfer, you could put wrapping paper in it, um, posters, unused posters. You can just put it in the corner of the room. Put it in the corner of the room. You could put it in the office. Turn it into a lamp. Home office <laughs> or not home office, office office. But it is a Wilson staff bag with a member guest logo and has been signed by all three of us. Yeah, it was worth a lot of money until Dave and I signed it. <laughs> And then it was priceless. Yeah, yeah. It. <laughs> right, right. So David, Dave signed so many Lincoln Park albums. At one point, he said, "If you could find a Lincoln Park album without my signature, it's worth a lot of money. <laughs> it's worth way more." Uh, so, how do you win the bag? You might ask. It's a great question. Feel free to edit this down as it goes. But this is what I'm thinking. This is how you win the bag. You have to use the hashtag member guest giveaway. And if you want to win the bag, you need to have other people vote for you. So you need to get your friends to vote for you to win the bag. How do they do that? If I'm if I'm voting and I want Brendan to win, then for my Twitter account, that would be at PhoenixLP, I would say my vote for the hashtag member guest giveaway is for at Brendan's deal to win it. Is that your correct Twitter? Or are you at Brendan Steel Golf? At Brendan underscore Steel. <laughs> <laughs> so right away, Brendan Steele, whoever that is, some, at Brendan Steele on Twitter. Some guy named Brendan Steele was in the back. Man, I don't want this stupid thing. <laughs> and Maybe he does. He's got his name on it. <laughs> right. He signed it already. So whoever whoever oh. squat firstly, whoever's squatting on at Brendan Steele on Twitter Stop being a jerk. Give it to Brendan Steele. <laughs> it's a photography guy. What about yeah, Brendan Steele photography? You change is, your name to at Brendan Steele photography or is, at Brendan Steele photos or somebody at have Brendan a, Steele camera guy. Does somebody have Brendan Steele? Brendan. 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 Wait, what? Brendan. 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 Well, somebody has member guest on instagram and i'm trying to talk him out of it as we speak but it's not working (laughs) all right member guest community that's your job also get brendan Steele, photographer to change his twitter (laughs) handle i'm 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 unleashing unleashing the hounds releasing the kraken i'm releasing the member guest kraken yeah get to work and also at member guest on instagram Stop it. We, give we us that. give us that. We're not using it. We need it. We don't want to be at member guest podcast or what are we at member guest official anymore. And we'll trade you some gear for it, as I said in the lovely message. But not a bag. <laughs> not okay. a bag. So win the bag, whether it's on if you if you're on Instagram, you gotta have your friends post. I'm gonna be upfront, I'm gonna be honest. It's a blatant way for us to try to get you to share the podcast with your friends. They're going to be like, you're going to have to go to them and be like, hey, I want to win this bag. It's really easy. All I got to do is get you to vote for me. So vote for me on your Instagram or on your Twitter. Include this hashtag, include my name. Boom. That's all you got to do. Get your friends to participate. If only one person does it, then great. First person to 100,000 votes automatically (laughs) wins. It's a walk Uh, away. And if you, anyone who gets to a million votes, Mark will deliver it, hand deliver it to your house. Or wherever you want him to handle it. Very true. And he'll buy you a first class ticket to meet you wherever you want him to meet you. 
And he'll wear whatever outfit you want him to be wearing. <laughs> if you get a million votes. And Dave told my son earlier tonight to ask Santa Claus for a dog. <laughs> and a cat. And a cat. <laughs> and I said, yeah, ask for both. That way you're guaranteed to get at least one. <laughs> See, it's, it's and good. He said, he said he had a dog and it died Santa today. Claus. He's a softie. But you never had a dog. <laughs> we never had a dog. <laughs> He Where just, did he get that? Well, bum me out that he knows that things die. He's only three. He didn't seem that concerned about the dog that no. died. Dude, without death, there is no joy of life, Mark. Let him have the joy of life by letting him know that your imaginary dog has died. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. He's in a better place now. I'm going to win this golf bag, so everybody better get on it if they want to beat me. I want one of our fans, and I use the word fans very lightly, pod fans, pod friends, in some remote area. It doesn't have to be Russia, but I just want it to be somewhere remote to win. That's that's my Christmas present to myself, would be sending this bag to the moon. Easter just, Island. Elon Musk, we need your help because the winner's on the moon, and I don't know how to ship it there. <laughs> can you take this next time you go? <laughs> can, you, can you SpaceX this to Mars, please? Dude, we could be the first golf bag on Mars. <laughs> Didn't they already hit a golf ball on? That's they the did. moon. But we could be the on first the golf bag oh, that's true. That on Mars. Moon. Those are different places, the moon and Mars. <laughs> they are? Mark went to Jupiter. <laughs> to? Make him stupider. I went to Mars to get more candy bars. On that note, follow us on Twitter. It's at MemberGuest. On Instagram, at MemberGuestOfficial. On Facebook, it's you're too old. Why are you using Facebook? On Snapchat, it's we don't use Snapchat. Does that even exist anymore? Always keep up with us on member-guest.com and listen, keep up to date on Spotify, iTunes, wherever fine podcasts are enjoyed. If you're listening to this, then you know where you enjoy your podcast. Continue listening to it there. <laughs> uh, we love you guys all for listening. Thank you so much. We you don't can know download what- all of our music for free on Napster. <laughs> Request me on MySpace. And you can hire us all on LinkedIn. Search for bass player, and you'll get Dave's home address and contact information. He's on the 18th page of bass players on LinkedIn. When you see Mark on Tinder, swipe left. <laughs> so thank you so much, and may your drives fly straight, and your guitars stay, stay tuned, tuned now and forever. forever. Adios. 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 <laughs> You already know where it is. <laughs>